A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long tube with a bunch of demons. We believe that human beings are demons. Oh, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but... God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God's by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 317. That's the victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king, who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing. And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples, but we take what he's created and we turn him into idols. I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm, The Master's Dog's podcast. I do whenever God's word or God's truth is attacked, as the quote says, I respond. So I started this podcast. A while back when Saints Unscripted became, or when the three Mormons became the Saints Unscripted and they started a podcast called Faith and Beliefs. They started out explaining the Articles of Faith of the Mormon Church and I said, for every one of these that they, they produce, I am going to respond. Then later on, uh, it was called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Then later on, I started to venture out into other things, other false teachers we deal with and, and so on. That's when we changed the name to the Master's Dog. So today we are going to jump back to our roots and we are going to respond to the latest episode of Faith and Beliefs, uh, which is really, it, it, it's funny because I committed to responding to every single one of these videos, but some of them are just such nothing burgers that it's like, why even bother? Because I made a commitment and I will continue to honor that commitment that I made to respond to every single one of these videos, even if they're really 
kind of pointless and they don't have a whole lot to do with uh, heretical teachings of, of Mormonism. This is just some of the strange stuff that now again, but again, it, it does prove a point. So I'm going to go ahead and stop rambling and I'm going to let David tell us about the temple garment. If I can make Hey guys, so Latter-day Saints are known for a lot of strange things. We've got extra scriptures, we have secret temple rituals, there's the whole collab thing. Oh yeah, and we have magic underwear. So again, that, and, and why I say that, it, it, that there's a point to this, who cares about the garments that they wear? It's really not a big deal. I've never been one who made a point about it uh, while doing evangelism or anything like that. I never really, it wasn't a big deal. They have some funky underwear. They have Masonic symbols on them. Okay, so be it. There are some that have, you know, waved them from flagpoles and worn them out in public and, and really, and so, but one of the things that they do and they're very good at is they kind of ridicule themselves to make it all seem like it's just nothing. So, you know, they use the, the cute little cartoon clips and, and whoa, the stranger things and, and so on and so forth to, to talk about that. And it really is designed, it's a, a tactic designed to make you go, oh, well, this isn't such a big deal. This particular thing is not that big of a deal. But when they get into other things, polygamy and stuff like that, they will use the same tactics in order to elicit the same response from people to go, oh, well, you know, why do we bother? That's a trick that they use. Um, and again, a situation like this, okay, so what? But when they get into deeper, more damaging and more dangerous false teachings, uh, they use the same thing, and we need to be able to recognize that and avoid the the emotional release of false teachings due to hilarity. What? Now, I don't know why people are so interested in our underwear, but people obviously have questions about it. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what they are, what they're for, and if they're really as magical as everyone except Latter-day Saints say they are. And I'll talk about that last statement. After a man or woman participates in the endowment temple ceremony, they wear what we call the temple garment throughout their lives as an outward reminder of the promises they made with God within the temple. These undergarments are meant to be a spiritual protection for us inasmuch as they recall to our minds our temple commitments and fortify our resolve to keep them. To help us remember the Savior and those covenants, there are a few different symbols placed on different parts of the garment. Temple garments are meant to symbolically mirror the coats or garments of skins the Lord made and gave Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness after being expelled from the Garden of Eden. Okay. They don't resemble or in any way. God killed an animal and made clothes to cover Adam and Eve. This was a picture of the necessity of blood uh for salvation, this is this is one of the one of the earliest uh, foreshadowings of the gospel that life would be taken in order to 
forgive sin. So the fact that that statement really kind of flies against what God was doing with Adam and Eve in the garden at the time. Um, and it's really just a bad correlation. We see similar sacred clothing worn by Levite priests in ancient Israel for the same reason. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness. From the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach, and they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation. Okay, again, these were articles of clothing that were only worn by the priests, and it was only allowed to be worn by those who were in the lineage of Aaron and the Levitical priests. So to make that and take that upon themselves, they're really kind of uh, violating part of the law, which was these were only for the priests. The temple garment is sacred to Latter-day Saints, just as other religious clothing is sacred to other faiths. In the Jewish faith, men wear the small tallit under their clothes every day and the large tallit outside their clothes on the Sabbath or in synagogue. In the Roman Catholic faith, there's the scapular, along with several different articles of clothing worn by the clergy. The Buddhist kasaya, the Sikh turban, the Muslim hijab, etc. I guess people just think we're extra weird because we wear the garment under our normal clothes instead of outside them and that makes it secret or scandalous or something i don't know anyway well again and now here's the here's the thing you got to remember that up until recently they were secret they were very hidden it was very taboo to talk about it and nobody did it was horribly offensive if anything were shown like they showed uh some of them earlier it was it was taboo it was wrong as a Mormon kid, I remember this. So this is a change in Mormonism. This is a change in the attitude toward them. They were very sacred. They were very secret. They weren't talked about. You couldn't see them. I remember I couldn't, as a, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to see the my relatives and stuff in them. I mean, I guess I shouldn't see any of my relatives in their underwear. But these are garments that go on over the underwear underwear. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe people, I would assume women are wearing bras underneath them um, and panties. I don't know. I never, never really got that deep into it. But again, wow, I digressed on that. It is a, a huge shift from the attitude about garments from even 30 years ago, 20 years ago. This attitude that he is portraying is a huge shift from what it was back then. Anyway, people have a lot of practical questions about the temple garment, so I'm going to rapid-fire answer some of the most common ones. Do your regular clothes have to cover your garments? Well, it's encouraged, yes. This isn't doctrine, but in our culture, the temple garment acts as sort of a rough standard of modesty. We don't alter the garment to fit different clothing styles. That said, sometimes the edges around the neck or the sleeves poke out a bit. It's not a huge deal. Um, the, uh, the garments have changed, though. He says we don't alter them, but they have been altered over time. Um, they've been changed very much uh, from what they originally were, what Joseph Smith prescribed that they would be, to what they are now. I mean, women would never be able to wear shorts or um, short uh, sleeveless clothes. Um, tank tops or anything like that back in Joseph's day. 
And so they have been altered. So he says, we do not alter them. They may not alter what they have in their home at this point in time, but those garments have been uh, completely altered from what they were originally. Do Latter-day Saints have to wear garments? No, only those who have gone through the Temple Endowment Ordinance are encouraged to wear them both day and night. If you take those covenants seriously, you wear them. But even if you don't, you're not going to get kicked out. Only those who have gone through the endowment ceremonies are allowed to wear them. Let's make it make that clear. Uh, as any typical Mormon, you cannot wear them. You are not allowed to wear them. Um, I don't even think at one point in time you couldn't even buy them. You had to have a temple recommend to buy them. I don't know if that's still the case today. Um, I know that they do sell them out in the open at Deseret Book now, um, as opposed to that you used to have to actually get them in a special store that um, carried just garments. Uh, so I don't know if that is the case today, but I know that was the case once upon a time. Do Latter-day Saints wear garments at all times? Well, obviously not all the time. It's, it's very practical. If you're going swimming, you're probably not going to wear them or when you shower in the morning. There's also See, this... Again, I, I love the little ridicule spots to, to make it just seem like, <laughs> this is so dumb. It's rumor that if you and your spouse are spending some alone time together you have to wear them and no of course not look now we're all uncomfortable there's another rumor that's been going around for almost 200 years now some people have been under the impression that we believe the temple garment is meant to provide some kind of magical physical protection that it'll stop bullets and such you are full of surprises master baggins unfortunately as awesome as that would be it's simply not true this rumor probably started in 1844 when Joseph Smith, Hiram Smith, Willard Richards, and John Taylor were attacked by a mob while in Carthage jail. Joseph and Hiram were killed and John was shot up pretty bad. John later said that he, Joseph, and Hiram had removed the garment prior to traveling to Carthage because of the hot weather. So at the time of the attack, only Willard Richards was wearing the temple garment and only Willard Richards escaped virtually unscathed. This led many people, including members, to believe his garments physically protected him from harm. And it didn't help when Hubert Howe Bancroft perpetuated this idea by writing in History of Utah, This garment protects from disease and even death, for the bullet of an enemy will not penetrate it. The prophet Joseph carelessly left off his garment on the day of his death, and had he not done so, he would have escaped unharmed. Well, this may reflect Mr. Bancroft's opinion, but not the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, is it possible that garments can physically protect people? Well, sure, God can do whatever he wants. Heck, he can heal blindness with mud. But temple garments are meant for spiritual protection, not physical protection. When worn properly, the garment provides protection against temptation and evil. Wearing the garment is an outward expression of an inward commitment to follow the Savior. That's a quick overview of what the Latter-day Saint Temple Garment is. If you have questions, check out the links in the description. All right, so there you go. There you have the Temple Garment. One of the things is I remember as a, a young Mormon kid hearing tons of stories of physical protection that the garments provided. I remember hearing the stories all the time, especially when, as a teenager, when we went to the temple 
to do baptisms for the dead. I heard story after story after story of people who were in fires and were protected by their garments. I actually heard a story about people who were killed in a fire, but when they found them and and pulled the bodies out, every part of the body that was covered by the garment was unharmed, completely unaffected by the fire. But the parts of the body that weren't covered by the fire were charred and the person was dead. So not sure what that story was supposed to convince us of, but again... I, and it's not just back then there have been, and, and I can't say for the last uh, 24 years since I have, have left the Mormon church and have not been privy to those kind of conversations. I don't know what kind of those stories still travel around within uh, Mormonism, but I know that when I was a kid, I heard those stories over and over and over again. So it's not just a couple. It's not, it, this was literally a perpetuated rumor or uh, myth that went through multiple times through all over through the church. So for him to say that is, again, it's a little disingenuous. And that's the, the nature of these things. They take, they, they, they are revealing the truths of the strange things that Mormons teach, but they, they twist and they deceive and they, they try to make you think that it's really not that big of a deal. Again, garments, not a huge deal. I don't care. I'm not going to make fun of them. I don't mock them publicly. It's not something that I use as an argument to convince Mormons to leave Mormonism. I use the gospel for that. I preach truth for that. I tell them about uh, being saved by grace and not of works so that no man can boast. That's what we use to draw people out of Mormonism, not ridicule and mocking because of strange garments that they wear throughout the day. So with that, my Mormon friends, please look deep into uh, the issues of Mormonism beyond uh, strange garments and so on. But look deep into, read John 1, 1 through 18, and really look at how that refutes the teachings of Mormonism. And my Christian friends, uh, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.